This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to My Favorite Murder. That's Karen Kilgariff. That is Georgia Hartstark. You know, no one can tell our voices apart still. I know, it's pretty weird. Someone said to say, um, I love when the true, the um, hometown murders are people sending in like, I know secret information about the case you already covered. Yes. Because I know people from the whatever the fuck. We love that. And someone was like, last week sent us one and was like, Karen, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but it was my case. Yeah. And I was like, huh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we're sorry to disappoint yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. There's, that happens a lot when people talk about, I love when, I think they say like, Karen says, oh my fucking God, during, when George is telling, whatever it was, it was like the reverse and I knew it was for sure because it was like one of your phrases. Yeah. Um, Jesus fucking Christ. But yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's precious. It's so weird. I feel like, I mean, we're such different people. There was a fucking thing on Facebook that was like, are you a Karen or a Georgia? Did you see oh, that? No. And it made me sad. Kind oh, of. No. Why? Because I was like, nobody wants to be me. Were they both bad? <laughs> no. Everyone loves you. And I'm not, I was just, everyone's like, I'm a Karen, but my best friend is a Georgia. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Karen. How do we, and then people were, were like, it's funny how people will explain to other people how you can tell the difference between us and it's that you sing everything yes that's me and i also have a scratchy voice because sometimes sometimes late at night i smoke cigarettes you do not yeah i do do you karen yeah sometimes and you can tell you can actually you can tell how many i've been smoking because like right now i've been smoking i don't know why i'm scandalized by this are you really because you never told me and i feel like I thought we knew. I thought I knew you. <laughs> no, I don't. It's also because it's such a special thing that you do alone. And I think it's wonderful <laughs> that you have that time to yourself. Well, sometimes at my house, like I'm home at the end of the night. And you have a great backyard. What else are you going to use it for? I go sit in that backyard. Sometimes I just stick my feet right in that pool. Karen, you're living the life I want to live. It, it's pretty. I don't mind it. But it's also like. I'm tired and I don't get to drink anymore and I don't get Dude. to do anything anymore. Dude. So I'll just smoke a what little kind of hand cigarette? rolled Valley Shag cigarette. Do you used to hand roll them yourself? Yeah. Karen, this is why everyone wanted to be you. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm so fucking European. They were saying like, Karen's a badass and I want to be, I think it's because I'm scared of everything and talk about therapy. That's all, all it is, is, is you are honest about your anxieties and I'm always like, just try to kill me, which is the most, <laughs> insane thing every once in a while it'll hit me where i'm like oh i've actually said that out loud in permanently these (laughs) these recordings are permanent there's nothing we can do about it and i've actually been like i don't care when the end days come there's gonna be no record of this so it doesn't matter 
when what happens the end days come oh yeah 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 this is all gonna be wiped off but well the grid's gonna go down and oh, then yeah. it won't matter what's recorded because we won't be able to access yeah. it delta is the first fucking is the first airplane line that'll go down no it just went down like yesterday delta whole, what they had like a blackout and really? at their main hub and <gasps> everything was grounded and it's like across the country yeah they're like there was just a glitch and you're like bullshit bullshit I, whenever I hear those things, and it was like, someone, there was just a glitch. Mm-mm. No way. Uh-uh. Don't even. No. There was, that was the lizard men that yep. are underneath the Denver airport. Yes, they are. They're down there, and they're fucking with the mainframe. Man. Don't even. How much did you love, as soon as I heard this on Stranger Things, that they had a fucking um, MK Ultra line. Like, Wait, really? line. Did you watch it all? No, I ha- I think I have like two left or three left. Have you been to the possible Eleven's mom's house yet? No. Yes. They, they mention MK Ultra in oh, that. Oh, that's, that's why she's like that? Yeah, because she was one of the people they were experimenting on. Has oh, anyone for- listened to this? I, I don't want to. F- I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoilers. Uh, okay, I missed that detail. I just thought they say MK Ultra in it. Holy shit! Yeah. Oh, that makes me like it one thousand times more. Yeah. Okay, I have to go back and get through. I have to on uh, be honest. When I binge watch shows, especially on Netflix, and you just can like it hit enter on the blue box, you and just... you just keep going. There'll be times where I just fall asleep, and I don't even know which oh. one I'm on. I just wake up and keep watching whatever's on. I have the kind of insomnia that you can't fall asleep in front of television. I've oh. never fallen as- asleep in front of maybe wrestling. <laughs> That's Vince's fault. Wow, we couldn't be more different. No. That's how I fall asleep every night. It's very bad for you to to sleep in front of the TV. Well, now, too. I wonder how bad it is. I, I can't fall asleep now without listening to the sleep with me podcast oh that's like good. i can't you're his slave i'm his slave oh um <laughs> so i wonder if someday they're gonna be like it's worse than falling asleep to tv because he's infiltrating my dreams that's right well if he is from nk ultra you're screwed oh yeah yeah if i'm he kind has, of okay with it do you think he <laughs> he's so great you're fine with it i'm fine with it whatever his agenda might be like same with elvis when everyone and when it's like oh they you know you get a virus from cats and it takes over your brain and makes you a zombie and i'm like i don't care like, <laughs> he's so cute he's so nice he's so sweet if he thinks i need a to be a zombie then i'll you know he knows what's best for me sure absolutely yeah, yeah. And also, you know, you're going to go, whether you're a zombie for a cat or you get hit by a bus, you're going to leave this earthly plane. Mm-hmm. So just accept it. Yeah. His head smells like a library book. <laughs> <laughs> the girl who was in love with her cat. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have housekeeping? I have a housekeeping that makes me very happy. Oh, good. Um, because it's twofold housekeeping. It was a tweet that my hero, Nico Case, singer-songwriter, <gasps> um, Nico Case tweeted. You got a tiny little happy clap from Steven just now. Yay! Yay we we love, love her. Love Nico Case. Um, don't tell me that the connection was lost and there was a loading oh, error phone. No. Well, basically, she retweeted um, this story. I'm pretty sure it was from the CBC about how their government, the Canadian government, is now opening an investigation on all the missing Indigenous women in Canada. So that's like all the women. So you know, like Robert Picton, I, I'm going to eventually do one on him yeah. if you don't beat me to it. He's the pig farmer in Canada that was just murdering women. And they, I think it was in the hundreds. Did he feed? Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. It's a bad one. It's so I wouldn't so tackle dark. that. It's yours. Okay. Because it's too dark? It's too... It's too something for me, but I don't know what yet. Too many pigs? Too many pigs, yeah. man. No, it's just... um. Yeah, I don't know. Well, so there's... It's too making a murderer. Oh, okay. In a lot of different ways. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, there's just a... There's been a bunch of, and this is very, in America, I think our version of it is women of color, black women that get murdered. And it's just as if no one talks about it. Isn't you, you see all the little blonde girls are always on the news if they're go missing or are murdered, but it doesn't happen with black women. And so the Canadian version, I think is indigenous women, Indian women is the incorrect term for it. But, um, so the, there's the highway of tears where women go disappearing on it. Uh, Robert Picton, they named another guy that I didn't recognize the name. Um, I hope Picton is the right lesson. Anyway. You know what? I won't do mass murders because I feel like I won't give enough time to each of the women. I'd rather do a, this is what the victim was, who the victim was, their story. Right. Then here's who the murderer was. And it's like, and there's 19 women. Right. Yeah, no, then that's, okay. this is bad. So that's yours. But anyway, it's, it, it's like hundreds Jesus. of indigenous indigenous women have gone missing in the last say if i could open this article i would god i would be accurate with sorry my numbers. but no that's okay don't pot i have i can give you my wi-fi connection uh i know well, you, every time you get upset that let's pause it the ge- no 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 okay. it's fine because the general idea is yeah. just what nico case was trying to get the word out about and i i retweeted it on, on our um, Twitter feed as well is just the government is trying to do something about it. They're trying to find the women. They're trying to investigate the murders. They're trying to actually put a focus and say these women are important, just as important as anybody else, and we're going to do something about this, which is humongous that, that a country like on the whole would just admit that they haven't up until this point, and now they're going to. That's incredible. It's really great. That's Amazing. It's very hopeful to me. Yeah. About like this. It feels like a new era in crime. Thank you. Um, oh, the, na- the name of the article is just how an unflinching gaze on missing and murdered indigenous women might move Canada forward. Incredible. Very cool. And it, w- I was right. It's the CBC news. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. If it's even that small, I will take an accuracy moment. I will not take it away from you. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's, I mean, that's really the, the whole story. That's, I, I'm still trying to think of a way that we can donate part of the proceeds or like help some way with the uh, untested rape kit situation mm-hmm. marshka marishka marishka hargitay thank you mm-hmm. i want to give her all my money and like do it help her. <laughs> <laughs> georgia was in a manic episode I, and karen <laughs> she gave a multi-millionaire all her money <laughs> and karen totally was like do it so so no, georgia's suing karen for- i think that's a <laughs> And it all ends in a lawsuit between you and I. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that coming. Because of my undiagnosed manic depression. No, I don't have and that. We call it the big giveaway. Georgia really just... No, no, no. I think that's a really good idea. I, I would love to, the proceeds of something that we earn money for because yeah. this podcast goes to those untested Well, we have kids. live shows. Like, we're, you guys were in the fucking process of like... 
having live shows be a part of our lives. Yeah. And a part of your lives, Texas. Yeah. We're we, going to invite people. Texas, what? We got some numbers back. That was a brag. But we got some numbers back. And hey, Texas, turns out you like us. What? I was so surprised by that. We both started laughing so hard. But it makes sense. Yeah. That's Texas. Texas you know has I mean? some good murders. Texas knows what they're talking yeah. about in terms of murder. Can I just say that once we got all this, we got all this like information about our numbers and then we were driving home and we almost had to pull over to start crying with how happy we both were. But how well this is, how, like, how, what a great, it's pretty nice. It's pretty great. It's pretty nice that we're, we're getting popular because we talk about death. Yeah. I think that's lovely. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Okay. I have a quick, thank you very much for listening. Um, before I talk about our t-shirts, I want to say that on the Facebook page right now, this is fucking incredible. And because last week I talked about, um, we talked about breaking and entering and how can you tell if a break in is staged or a robbery is yes. staged or real? Oh. All right. Someone on the Facebook set page said something about it real being fake. I may be able to help you out. Um, I'm a real life burglar. Not anymore, but like seven years ago, I did two and a half years for home burglary and I know a lot about it. Hold on. Please hold. Are you going to freak out? Is this a woman? Yeah. What? Yeah. A girl burglar. Yep. Fuck. She says, I'm not doing that. Anything like that anymore now. I'm just completely reformed and clean. So don't hate me. I'm just no problem to answer questions about how real life burglars do their (laughs) work. So it's an AMA from a fucking lady burglar. Yes. And everyone, everyone on the podcast is like, I mean, on the Facebook page, just like, just giving her all the props she deserves and asking so many questions. So just look up. Now I'm going to be the, now I'm going to be the, uh, anti voice that's like, I think it's wrong to promote crime. Right. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> I just scrolled down and there's like so many hilarious memes. The one of, um, of, um, what's his name from SNL eating popcorn listening? Oh, yes. Bill Hader. Bill Hader. With his crazy eyes. Yeah. It's just like so many great questions. I can't even get to them all. But so you guys just need to go. It's Her name is Nikki, N-I-K-K-I. And just like search. That's not a real name. I know. Search on the Facebook page, like burglar. And you'll find it. Oh, my God. I can't wait to. I, I did, I've missed that. I haven't been on there in a I little while. I didn't have time to even read it. I just got so excited about it. And then if I can pull my notes from under my cat. I also want to say that we have our main logo t-shirts available for the first time it's on um, teespring.com slash my favorite murder it's just a short run from uh, now whenever is now until august 23rd just to see how it goes so go buy one of those there's also hoodies oh someone uh, on twitter asked are they 100 cotton or are they cotton poly blend i don't know and that's you can absolutely get that information on teespring okay. teespring has fucking size charts and all that information oh nice they're ne- you know exactly what you're getting on teespring yeah, and they're okay. like, anything you're not happy with, you can return. Beautiful. It's, it's an easy thing. It's an actual uh, self-operating business. Yes. So where you don't, Georgia, have to become the president of T-shirt company? <sighs> for sure. In a hard couple months. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get an intern. Yeah. You maybe. know, it's like, make that make we're, that dough or just don't have the stress. And yeah, I mean, we're edging toward it. Yeah. I also want to say really quickly that. And therapy, uh, and therapy. One of the things I talked about was that, um, how crazy I am and how much anxiety I am, I have because when I go to the back of my building to do laundry, I lock my front door. And how crazy is that that I think someone's going to break in? And then I read an article. There's a fucking Echo Park rapist. And one of the ways he got into her house was when she was doing fucking laundry in the back of her apartment and she left her door unlocked and went in. There is, it, it's, 
It's not anxiety when you're just being careful. I texted my therapist the article <laughs> and said in your face bitch no because she was like you know yeah <laughs> now she doesn't want to see me anymore <laughs> and no. now she said find someone else no she because she was like you know we're allowed to take certain precautions and that's okay and you yes. can do that but when you start you know blah 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 then it's so she supported it and i was like i feel so justified yeah you are justified you yeah. know so it supported i bet nikki she'd be like come nikki on nikki would be like yeah that was an obvious answer the crime community says you're doing the right thing <laughs> thank you crime community for supporting me uh well, also, that's good. I mean, Jesus Christ. Good to know, right? Yes. Hey, there's, there's no shame in locking things. Double. I lock. People will walk by in the crosswalk and their part of my brain goes, they might be able to hear it if you lock the door or whatever. Oh. And it's like, I don't give a shit. Doesn't there's matter. Much louder voice that says, sorry to offend you, but you don't get to. In case you had the idea. Right. Maybe you're on some white drug. So I can't like when detect. you're sitting at a stop sign and someone goes to walk by and you go click to lock your car door. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, well, they're going to get mad at me. Fuck you. Well, cause you look creepy. That's a good way to let someone know they look creepy. Yeah. I get the idea because you're giving me the eye. Yeah. So yeah. Don't, <laughs> we've said this a million times. Fuck politeness. Fuck politeness. Essentially. Yeah. There could be new listeners who don't yet know to fuck politeness. Oh yeah. L- fuck politeness and um oh you'll you'll learn there's a ton of stuff <laughs> you'll have a lot so of experiences in your life that'll make you <laughs> make you question uh, le- how about if you're going between the laundry room and your house lock your goddamn door lock your fucking door lock your, if you live in a major city or not at your parents yeah. house lock your door it feels really good because literally that that was a worry every single time i walk out back is I come in the door and I check for the cats because if the cats were still out where they were, that meant no one was in there because, but if they were hiding, that would mean someone came in the house. Right. That's crazy. No, it's, <laughs> but it's a, not. that's a good theory. That's a theory based on yeah. observation. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. High fives all around. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. To you too. Uh, um, is that all our housekeeping? Last time we had so much. I think that was a lot. Oh yeah, the t- dollop dollop sold out, so oh. that's not. Oh, LA Podfest, yeah, September twenty, the weekend of September twenty third. That's gonna be fun in the ballroom, in the ball pit. <laughs> we are performing in a ball pit. Uh, we got that awesome tweet from. Um, let me let me name her by name. Give her Ooh. a give her Twitter a shout out. She needs all the followers. Ball pit girl. Um, we had announced last week that we were excited because we were in the ballroom and then we were talking about maybe that's a good thing it sounds really good and then um someone named blythe bourgeois Mm. on twitter uh blythe they do is her is her handle sent us a picture of basically like the the ikea ball pit and it said (laughs) how great would it be if this was the ballroom at la (laughs) and we both laughed so hard oh my god for such a long time so now we are uh doing our live show in the ball pit at la pod fest be there if you can and if you can't be there you can live stream it I just got emailed the information about that live stream. Nice. So next week we will give everybody what we know, or at least more information than I'm going to be able to give you right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can watch it if you can't be there. You can, I think, pay a nominal fee and watch whoever you want to watch live, which is really cool. It's going to be a great, the whole podcast fest is like a bunch of badasses. So many cool people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. All right. Is it time? It's time. Is it time to shine? It's time for us to guess who went first last time. I'm positive you went first last time. But that doesn't mean anything because I'm always wrong. No, your um, your confidence in that is all that mattered. Because okay. I was really excited that you were confident about it. So I believe it. Here's what I learned. So last week, I came prepared with two because I thought Georgia needed to pre-record. Oh, right. And uh, so I had gotten a jump on my research on this. Ooh. So then, but then we didn't have to do two. So I was like, oh, good, because I kind of half-assed that second one. So now I got to like ass and a half this one holy shit because i had to jump on it which is kind of you know this is all a journey about me doing my homework oh man but i'm excited about it guilty about every week yeah when i that i don't do enough i don't think we understood when we started this what it was actually going to turn into which was the seriousness of accuracy and facts (laughs) we we discuss a lot but i mean yeah here we are episode 29 holy shit going oh yeah yeah, we have to know what we're talking about. <laughs> yes. 
kind of irritating. Let's anyway, try. So I've known about this one for a long time because it was made famous by that great American television show, America's Most Wanted. Hell yeah. Do you remember the America's Most Wanted about John List, the man who killed his entire family and then disappeared for 19 years? Yes. Yes, you do. Fuck yes. Well, that's my favorite murder for this week. Let me hear it. I'm going to tell you all about it. All right. So John List was a successful businessman. He was a devout, lifelong Lutheran. He was a Sunday school teacher. He was a Boy Scout leader, a husband, a father of three. His family lived uh, with his mother, so their grandmother, um, in a sprawling 19-room mansion called Breeze Knoll in Westfield, New Jersey. But behind closed doors, things were not going well. Shocking. This is me kind of trying to write like a, you know... 2020 version of this this is this is a narrative this is i'm really trying to put something into this and it might not really work out that well because it's <laughs> it feels a bit sweaty right now i feel like i'm trying well it's hot in here it also is very hot <laughs> it's, it's summer in los angeles Yay. so john lifts lists wife helen which they didn't none of this you knew from america's most Wanted. oh i love this stuff tell me his wife helen was an alcoholic who was verbally abusive and unstable. She sounds fun. When you see the picture of the List family, her eyes are going in two different directions. <gasps> was she dressed well, though? Yes. Oh, it was... The picture, I think, was from, like, the mid-60s. So they look like any family. Oh, my God. I just picture her at, like, a, a party, and she's just drunk, and, yeah. like... But she looks amazing. Yes. I love it. Like She's got, like, a Jackie O outfit on, yes. but her face is, like... Is just like kooky eyes and, and like, like bubbles above her she's head. Like talking loudly about their bedroom secrets. Oh yeah, girl, you just nailed it. Shut up. Okay, ready? Oh my god. So uh, she had pr- demanded that that um, John buy her that colonial mansion in Ooh. Westfield, which is a very ritzy apparently town in New Jersey, or was in the sixties and seventies. Um, when John landed his high status position as bank vice president and comptroller, which is one of my favorite words in the English language. So good. Comptroller. I don't know what it means. I love to say it. <laughs> I'm running for comptroller this, <laughs> this year. Um, Got okay. So, what no one knew is that John had recently been fired from being the <gasps> bank president and comptroller. Stress. And um, he, even though he was an ambitious career man, could never hold a job for more than a couple of years because of his personality problems, personality issues, quote unquote. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Um, but he couldn't let his family know that yeah. he'd gotten fired. So every day he got up and he put on his suit and he grabbed his briefcase and he went to the train station like he was going to work. And Those he, people terrify me. Yes. It's such deep denial. It's insane denial of like, da da da, everything's fine. Yeah. And then there's crazy things boiling underneath. Fuck those, those people, man. Yeah. So he would sit at the train station and read newspapers all day until it was time to quote unquote come home from Holy work. Holy shit. Right. And meanwhile, he was skimming money off of his mother's bank account so he could pay his crazy mortgage on his colonial 19 room mansion. Um, and all the other bills are piling up. So, in short, John List was Lutheran fuck up under pressure. That's what I wrote. <laughs> um, That's good. So here's his plan. He on the morning of November 9th, nineteen seventy one, 
after his children had left for school, um, John walked into the kitchen where his wife was drinking her morning coffee at the kitchen table, and he walked up and he shot her in the back of the head with a 9 millimeter handgun. Wow. Then he went upstairs to the third floor Jesus. of their mansion, where his mother had her own, like, what are the... It's, Suite? Yes, her own little apartment. Wing? Wing. Yeah. Her wing. <laughs> a wing of the mansion. Mm-hmm. And he shot her in the head right over her left eye. Which to me sounds like he shot her face to face. Oh yeah. Which is pretty intense. Jesus. Then he drove to the bank and he closed his account and his mother's accounts and he cashed in his mother's savings bonds. He came home, he went to a study, he collected some old photos and documents concerning the mansion's history, and he put them in a neat pile on his desk, and he composed a letter, a thank you letter to John Whitkey, who was a descendant of the original owner of the house. The shit. You know, the important stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then he also wrote four other letters. He called Barbara Bader, who was the woman who carpooled his sons, John and Fred, to Roosevelt Junior High School. And she had done that for the last time that morning. Oh, my God. He made an excuse that the whole family was leaving to go to North Carolina um, the next morning because Helen's mother was extremely ill. And he promised that he would let her know when they were coming back. Uh, then he canceled the newspaper, milk delivery, and he asked the post office to hold the mail until further notice. Jeez. Was there going to be further notice? Absolutely not. No. So now it was lunchtime. So he made himself a lunch. No. Sat down at the table where he had just shot his wife and then cleaned up the blood off the table. Bologna or <laughs> cold meatloaf? I would guess bologna because he's just like, he's all business. He just wants to get proteins right. and calories. Bologna on white with mustard. With mustard only. And some. Do they have potato chips back then? I don't think John List would eat potato chips. Okay. I think he would eat two sandwiches instead of having a delicious side. Oh, my God. Karen, that was the best. De- that was what I was looking for. Because I love food details. <laughs> That's my uh, opinion of John List's food details. No, that was, that was beautiful. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff I can't understand that. Like, that's such a dude move. Oh, yeah. Where I'm like, you could have chips. The only thing you want with a sandwich. Yeah. Or you're pickles. Just gonna double pickles, down. Pickle slices. Pickles are nice. Yeah. But I always, you know, me and the starches. Oh, right. Well, sure. Everyone can start. I mean, but you just don't keep them in your house or eat them all. That's right. I, I mean, not you. One. One. So, Fuck. then he went around and cut himself out of every family photo <laughs> in the entire house. Why is that the craziest part? That is, to me, I did it as a standalone because it's the creepiest fact to me in this whole case. It's so fucking creepy. That is so creepy. Then, come now it's early afternoon, so he's waiting for his yeah. children to come home from school. <sighs> Patricia, who was 16, a drama nerd... Aww. And it was the it was 1971, so she had been caught smoking pot. Oh, she was the coolest. She was cool, and she came home. He shot her in the back of the head, honey. Then his son Frederick, the youngest, who was 13, came home. He shot him in the back of the head. Babe, so they didn't even know that their father. No, and he and he actually in the court later revealed that that he did it. His wife and his kids back of the head, so that they didn't know what happened. But mom. 
is a different story. His mother was a different story, which is very telling right, to me. Let's get to, yeah, tell me more. But then also, John Jr. is a different story. The 15-year-old who was named after him and supposedly his favorite. There was like a couple different versions of this. Some said he just came straight home from school. But the one I like the best, which is the one I will tell, mm-hmm. is that... He had a soccer game that day. So John List drove to the school, wow. watched his son's soccer game, drove him home, tried to shoot him, but he some maybe saw the gun and freaked out. So he ended up shooting him in the face and chest over 10 times. Wow. So overkill, crazy fucking overkill. Yeah. And knew what was happening as, as it went. Once in the chest and once in the face, I get something went worse than wrong that or he hated him more like something went especially wrong for 10 times yes because this was a man that was doing it like uh neatly and cleanly systematically. and pretending systematically he was like checking off a list sure but when it can't this guy wasn't it, john jr didn't play ball and made it hard for him and i think that's like the rage came oh out. yeah like how dare you you're making this too hard for me not even like you're showing me how what horrible i am no it's no, like, no you're you're ruining my plan you're ruining my good time oh my god it's hideous so then he dragged he got um sleeping bags from down from the basement and he put all the bodies on the sleeping bags then dragged them into the back of the house to what room the ballroom. <laughs> yes. What if we just had sleeping bags set up on stage with us at the ballroom when another show? And we have a contest for who can drag who around the furthest. <laughs> yeah, they had a ballroom in this mansion that wasn't what? even decorated or furnished in any way. That's how big this house, house was. Wow. And so he pulled his wife and three children's dead bodies on sleeping bags back into the ballroom. Mm-hmm. He put a piece of cloth over each of their faces mm. um, and he left them there, turned it into basically like a makeshift morgue. Then he fed the children's pet fish in the 20 gallon tank in the dining room, What? went upstairs and went to sleep. Holy shit. Yeah. So he's, are are the fish okay? That's yeah. the kind of thought this man is having. Is this, are the fish okay? Is this, I mean, as much as, because I need to put a name on things, is this sociopath? Um, oh, I'm, uh, we'll talk oh, about the there. name Sorry. later, but I, he probably, I mean, I don't know enough. Anytime it's like, clearly you have no feelings. Yeah. I, that's what I want to label it as. Me too, but yeah, it's almost But too- he is, the real term for this guy is a family annihilator. <gasps> yeah. And it's like a thing that happens and there's a couple different kinds. And they'll never kill anyone else again. Kind of a thing? Yes, right. It's it's a situational thing for them. Yeah, tell me more. Okay. So, the next morning, he gets up, he gets dressed, he goes downstairs, he turns the thermostat all the way down, Mm -hmm. he turns on every light in the house, Hmm. and then he leaves the house and he leaves Westfield forever. Now, the weird thing is, no one noticed. Of course. No one in the neighborhood noticed that this family was not there. And that's because they, this family did not socialize, yeah. which is kind of common if you have a crazy drunk yeah. mom. Like they stayed in, they didn't talk to anybody. The neighbors knew John List as the guy who mowed his lawn in a suit and tie. Jesus. I think the most suspicious part would be that all the lights are on. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like nobody, Especially in a 19-room mansion. Yeah. You're like, sorry, nobody's in the greenhouse. Nobody's in the brightest house (laughs) 
on the block. It's they're not having a party. Um, so because of all this careful planning, mm-hmm. and because they were basically antisocial and reclusive, um, it, it took a full month for anybody to actually discover these bodies. A month. A full month. Um, so the neighbors noticed that these lights were on day and night and that they were always on and that they started burning out. And that's when oh, they started shit. getting suspicious. Oh, that's creepy. Can you imagine seeing like one room is out and then the next room is out? Yeah. And never comes back on. <gasps> so cle- and no one's coming in or out of the house. Yeah. So something super creepy is happening up there. But also you don't want to think about it because what could it be that would be that weird? Yeah. But who does? This is the most cinematic I think of all the stories because Patty's drama teacher is the one who's like, I don't like the smell of this. Oh my God. His name was Edwin Iliano. And he thought it was weird that the entire family was gone that long. And also he, he had a terrible feeling because Patty once told him if this family goes on vacation, my dad has killed us. I knew she talked to him about something. Yeah. She said that she said it to him. So, uh, after, you know, 28 days. Oh, and he'd also met him once and thought he was super weird. Oh, my God. So, after 28 days, Edwin Iliano convinces his associate, Barbara Sheridan, to go to the house with him to check on Patty. And they drive up there. Um, they try to look into some windows. And their being there makes the neighbors call the cops because they see people finally yeah. on the property. Yeah. And when the cops show up, Edwin explains uh, to them, it's, um, oh, the neighbors, William and Shirley Cunnock are, are their names. They're the ones that call the police. Mm-hmm. And patrol officers George Zahelznik and Charles Heller were the first to arrive. So Ileano explains what's going on, and the officers decide they're going to force open a window and go inside. And when they open that window, they're hit with the smell of death. Thank you. So I forgot. This might be my creepiest detail. Oh, good. When they go into the house, the first thing they notice is that there's organ music playing loudly over the house intercom. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm going to cry because there's an intercom in this house. Mm-hmm. Okay. And because there's organ music. So you're jealous of the intercom. Yeah, because that's so cool. Yeah. And organ music is the creepiest he, thing I've ever heard. John List set up. They kept calling it a recorder and all these articles that I read. Yeah. When you do research, you realize everyone rips everybody oh, off. All it's, it's hilarious. Insane. So calling something a recorder makes no sense. It sounds like it's the instrument children play in grammar school. Yeah. Um, which would be even creepier. <laughs> Just a child playing the recorder really loud. <laughs> or it's like, oh, God, no. Okay, I was going to go deep. Go on. Um he had set up a thing that just played this music on a loop until you physically turned it off and then set it to play over the intercom. What was like an old machine or something like that? I guess so. I mean, they call a recorder, maybe a recording device or like a reel to reel. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Cause it was 71. Let's go with that. Uh, so, uh, Oh, I said two things organ music is good for ice skating and mass murdering. See, it's I'm trying too hard now. Um, need to keep it ca- conversational. So upstairs in the study, they find a five page letter that List had written to his pastor, Eugene Renwinkle. <laughs> Sorry. Why make it? I don't know. It's it's like bad writing. Like, what should we name the old pastor of the Lutheran church? 
Eugene Renwinkel. Oh my God, I love it. Um, so in that letter, he said he felt the 70s were a sinful time mm-hmm. and that his family was beginning to succumb to temptation, especially his daughter, because of her interest in acting, which is an occupation that List viewed as being particularly corrupt and linked to Satan, which so is I true. fucking slayed them all. <laughs> yes. What the? Yeah, so the holy religious thing to do is kill everybody. John. So it was like, he thought it was like a mercy killing. That's exactly right. Uh, he saw too much evil in the world. He'd killed his family to save their souls. That's very nice of you, you fucking dick. And also, how giving. Now, he said he didn't kill himself because... Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hear it. He didn't kill himself because um, suicide is a mortal sin. Oh, and right. That would definitely bar him from heaven, as opposed oh. to murdering five people. Where you're still in a gray area that can be negotiated. What are you talking about? Narcissism, extreme narcissism, sociopathy. Definitely narcissism. I don't think the sociopath thing might not apply only because um, this is the one off. People get mad. People get mad. It's a a five off. Sorry. It's a five off. Okay. (laughs) We're not saying all narcissists are murderers. Right. But however, this is an extreme case of narcissism. Yeah, it's a it's a element in this personality disorder. Yeah, uh, I'm a narcissist. I've never killed anybody <laughs> except for in comedy. <laughs> Boo. Okay. Karen. Uh, later, a reporter who covered the trial <laughs> described hearing this letter when it was read aloud in court, and he said, "Quote: I'll never forget the audible sigh of shock from the jury and spectators when the last line of List's redder- letter was read. P.S. Mother is in the hallway in the attic, third floor. She was too heavy to move. Oh my god! Dang, that's Dude. your mom. Yeah, it's like, like a moving, l- like a moving box that you just like couldn't. Yeah." Someone take care of that upstairs. Like, it's your mother. Do you think you might have had a slight problem with her? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, a nationwide manhunt is launched, but he's got a month uh, lead time. He's He's way ahead. Police investigated hundreds of leads without success. All reliable photographs of List had been destroyed. So, it wasn't... I was creeped out. Yeah. Turns out it was kind of, like, super smart. smart. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get... I didn't catch on to that. Uh, I did not either. Um, The family car was found at Kennedy Airport, but there was no evidence he had boarded a flight. He was gone and would remain gone for 18 years. Wow. Then on May 21st, 1989... Forward, forward into the 80s. Yay. <laughs> the murders were recounted on America's Most Wanted, which at the time had been on the air less than a year. Oh, my God. <clears throat> and it featured an age progressed, per, age progressed, sorry, age progressed clay bust sculpted <gasps> by the forensic artist Frank Bender. And it turned out to bear an almost exact resemblance to List's appearance. Maybe I'm making this up, but I fucking remember seeing this. No, you remember because I'm about to hold up a picture to you. Oh, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. Oh my God, oh my God. I was nine, so I was like old enough to remember this. Yes, and this was, I remember it, I was 19. Oh, <laughs> grandma and baby. Give me a hug. 
Bender consulted a forensic psychologist and created a psychological profile of List. He looked at photographs of List's parents and predicted no. what he would look like as he aged. Holy shit. He gave him a receding hairline and sagging jaws. Bender was particularly lauded for one final touch he added to his completed artwork. It was a pair of glasses. <gasps> Bender believed List would not be vain enough to wear contact lenses. However, he said List would have worn a pair of glasses different from those he wore before the murders. He said they would be a pair with thick, dark frames. Um, he and the psychologist theorized that List would do this to hide, in a sense. He would want to disguise the fact that he was a failure and appear more important than he really was. Holy shit. So he put these big old glasses. Remember that? Dude, I remember that. This is real John List. Oh. And this is that sculpture. Holy fuck. It's fucking, like, exact. Oh my god, you guys look this up right look, now. Look, Steven. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> we'll put it we'll put it on uh social media. Oh, I'll put this on our Insta. But this Frank Bender nailed it. So literally yeah. less than two weeks later they got a ton of calls, but less than two weeks later they find him in Virginia. Wow. Um and the hilarious part is in the court uh John List reveals he was watching the show that <gasps> night with his new wife. And he was quoted as saying, I was per perspiring like anything, but his wife didn't recognize him. But, um, no way. She yes. had a fucking, she had a veil of I can't over yeah. her fucking eyes. <laughs> and I bet a little Vin Rosé. A little Rosé. A little oh, bottle of Rosé. She had all kinds of different veils. <laughs> uh, yeah. A veil, yeah. Okay, so they go to trial. Um he explained that he had lost his job. He explained he was dealing with his wife's alcoholism and trial reveal her untreated tertiary syphilis that <gasps> she had con contracted from her first husband, an army lieutenant who was killed in combat in Korea and concealed for 18 years. So his crazy wife that used to verbally abuse him and publicly, uh, oh, I, I, maybe I skipped that part, but there's, oh no, it's in this part. Um, he says in court that she used to publicly, um, insult him about, uh, wait, uh, did I guess that completely yes, right? Yes, you go, you absolutely I really guessed didn't it out know of the that. blue. Yeah. Well, syphilis makes you go fucking bananas. Um, he, List said, by, by then the disease and her excessive alcohol consumption had, according to testimony, transfer, transformed her from an attractive young woman to an unkempt, paranoid recluse who frequently and often publicly disparaged List, comparing his sexual skills unfavorably to those of her first husband. <gasps> The one who gave her syphilis. syphilis. <laughs> Jesus, that scared the shit out of me. So uh, here's me playing the prosecuting attorney. Mr. Liss, can you explain how your wife often disparages your sexual skills in public if she's a recluse? Ooh. No more questions, Your Honor. And I turn around, Boom. slam my blazer down onto the chair. <laughs> All right, so... Basically, John List tri makes all these excuses in court. He's like, I have PTSD from being in the army. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I, uh, what's, what else did he say? I, oh, wait, a <clears throat> smoker. He, You're oh, smoker. it was my wife. My kids were going crazy. I was abused as a child. Uh -huh. My father always told me that you had to pro provide for your family and that you had to do this and you had to do that. And I, and I wasn't doing anything, any of those things because I lost my job, blah, blah, blah. So 
A court-appointed psychiatrist testified Liss suffered from obsessive-compulsive personality disorder. Yeah. Um, and he only saw two solutions to a situation, accept welfare or kill his family and send them to heaven. And welfare was unacceptable because it would expose him and his family to ridicule and violate his authoritarian father's teachings, blah, blah, blah. So this is a common thing with family annihilators. Um they say that there are two types and one is a livid coercive killer. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones that are usually abusive and they kill the family when the family tries to run away from right. them. So it's years of abuse, years of abuse. The family tries to escape and then Ugh, it's like, we see those all the time. I'll, I'll teach you all. Yes. Yeah. But the other kind is the civil reputable killer. And they're motivated by a perverse form of altruism. So it's wow. his way of rescuing the family from shame and hardship. Yeah. Um, and in his obsessive compulsive narcissism, John List didn't choose to fix his own problems, but instead he fixated on the family problems Holy and the problems shit. of society. Um, 81% of family annihilators kill themselves after killing their family. Huh. Um, so that's when, in my opinion, John List's argument of this, I was doing the best for the family breaks yeah. down because he went on to live a yeah. happy life for 19 years yeah. uh, in Colorado. And what, sorry, the, the part that I was skipping over is he basically told everybody what happened was the, the day after the murders, he took the train from New Jersey to Michigan. And then from Michigan to Colorado, he settled in Denver. He took an accounting job as Robert Peter Bob Clark and <laughs> that's subtle <laughs> yeah kind of plain but then also exciting yeah exciting pick in a way one. pick one of those names um he was uh, the controller at a paper box manufacturer the outside Denver. He was, they said controller I want to say comptroller you know what it's our fucking story to tell that's right um and then what did he do he joined the Lutheran congregation mm. ran a carpool for shut-in church members and uh, met an army PX clerk named Loris Miller and married her in 1985 it's almost like he's trying to prove to himself that he's actually a good person yeah. it was just circumstantial it was them yep his wife his alcoholic syphilitic wife his hippie daughter right. his rebellious children they ruined it for him I feel like in the 50s, that might have worked better than in the 70s and 80s, that excuse, or like, especially the 80s, but like, that, that, came, that came to an end, it seems like. Right, because it, well, that was also like, the oldest version right. of like, there's only a father that's the breadwinner, it's right. never the mother, and no one gets divorced, and this is the, the American dream, sure. you have to have a house and two kids. Yeah. All that bullshit everyone got sold. Yeah. That everyone kind of, had to swallow whole basically yeah. also john list um was abused as a child mm -hmm. which is a very common thing in family anni annihilators because huh. um they get they feel powerless they were felt powerless as children so when they have families they're exerting power yeah. over the family to give them that power they now never had. they're in charge exactly and then when that doesn't work they don't know how to deal with it oh man when when the 70s come and the daughter's like i'm gonna go crazy yeah when there's a fucking cultural revolution yeah. throughout the country and your daughter's like i think i might want to act yeah instead of being a devout lutheran yeah uh yeah so they they're trying to create the the life they never had that they fantasized of as abused children. Right. And then when that goes to shit, they're just like, well, we're starting over. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. 
Um, I guess the, the, the bet, this has a great twist ending. Oh, good. Um, so that he was, he was, um, convicted of five, uh, counts of murder of, uh, and the judge said, John, John Emil List is re- without remorse and without honor. After 18 years, five months, and 22 days, it's now time for, for the voices of Helen, Alma, Patrick, Patricia, Frederick, and John F. List to rise from the grave. <gasps> That's beautiful. And he imposed a sentence of five terms of life imprisonment oh, to be served consecutively. Good. It was the maximum penalty. And List died of pneumonia in prison on March 21st, 2008. Wow. And his body was not claimed <laughs> because who's going to fucking claim it? He lived they for call- a long time. He really did. The second wife didn't return the call. Yeah. The morgue was like, oh, we have your... She's Hello? like, that ain't my... Hello. <laughs> but eventually someone took him back and he was buried next to his mother in Michigan. Oh, she's like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Get out of here. He shot me in the fucking face and then wouldn't even carry me to the ballroom. But are you ready for this twist ending that Oh, I that's love? not it? Yeah. This is it. So... Somebody burnt down Breeze Knoll, the great, no. the great mansion. Some that no one's ever even looked into who might have done it. Was they it a ghost? Did it? Um, <laughs> could have been a ghost. Could have been a ghost fire. <laughs> um, there's a New Jersey ghost fire. Um, but destroyed along with the home was the ballroom stained glass skylight, which was a signed Tiffany original oh, worth at least a hundred thousand dollars at the time. Oh! Which would have covered his expenses. It was right there the whole time in that room you didn't go in because you couldn't deal with it. Oh, oh my oh God. That's going to be someone's new ringtone, by the way. <laughs> that's John. That's John List, everybody. Oh, also, because he disappeared in 71 mm-hmm. and D.B. Um, Cooper. D.B. Cooper. They thought he was D.B. Cooper Ooh, for a while. Because he kind of looks like that sketch. Yeah, Mr. Vague. Oh, uh, for and sure. D.B. Cooper stole $200,000, <gasps> which was kind of around, they figured around how much John List owed. Are they sure it wasn't him? D, uh, John List vehemently denied it from jail. That's how fucking boring this guy is. <laughs> no, know, I'm man. not. No, I insist I'm not D.B. Cooper. I don't well, know. It could have been cool if you were. Yeah, but maybe he doesn't. I bet it was him. No, he. W- I don't think this guy would have jumped out of a plane. He was too scared to tell his wife he got fired. Okay. You know? Okay, maybe he thought, I don't know, does, did Lutherans like Jesus? Maybe he thought Jesus would... Help out? Yeah. Jesus did help out. He gave him a, a beautiful skylight, a Tiffany oh, skylight. Fuck. The Lord said uh, it was right there all along. You know all that right. whoever burnt that house down was fucking bum. They didn't know that, too. Yeah. There was Those some real estate agent like, that ran up at the at yeah. the last. What are you doing? No, 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 no. At least get the thing. You ghosts and your arson. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. 
Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. All right. All right. What's yours? So I have uh, one that I learned about recently because it happened recently, and uh, we're going to Karen, we're going to do a little play. Okay. This whole, this theme, what is this theme? Um, uh, Drama, drama teachers. All right. You mean for this episode? Yeah. Yeah. The drama teachers episode. All right. So, Warina Wright, W-A-R-R-I-E-N-A, Warina Wright, was 26 from New Zealand, and she went to Queensland, Australia on July 29th, 2014. Uh, to celebrate a friend's wedding. Checks into a motel on August 6th, and then on the f- the following day is like, let's see who's on Tinder. Mm. Do you know this one? No. Okay. So she fucking Tinders. Beautiful girl. She looks like a little bit, a little gothy, but not, you know, she's hot. So she finds Gable Toasty's <laughs> Tinder. They, he's this like hot ladies man. They meet up outside of a bar on uh the 6th i just want to say by the next morning warina will be dead after falling from his gable's 14th floor balcony that's how this goes that's not good back to that night by 9 p.m they're in his apartment on the 14th floor okay. this beautiful building so f- somehow gable which is a great name isn't it it's his first name. The first name? I don't know. Kind of like it. Um, for some reason, he starts recording what's going on inside with a voice recorder. Police somehow extracted it from um, like mobile phones that were found. Mm-hmm. I think it was tried. To, they tried to delete. He tried to delete it. It didn't happen. They were able to get it. So, so there's um, there's a whole. Uh, there's a whole conversation that's oh, recorded. And so, we're act it out. Yeah. So I'm going to read, but I, I, yeah, okay. I'm going to read. I highlighted your parts. Okay. Oh, thank you're, you. You're Warina. I'm Gable. But let me read it to you also. Okay. So at 1 a.m., the sound recorder started and uh, it's later ceased, but the recording starts. Music's heard and 20 seconds into the recording, the man states, fuck me. At 1.02 a.m., the man asks the female to chill and have a drink. And she says she is, I'm a psycho drunk and do not test me. Then at 105, between 105 and 108, the pair talk about death. The male says, throw me off the balcony and that's it. This is it. Boom. Then at 1.16 a.m., there's laughing sounds um, are heard. And sounds of hitting are heard as well. But the music continues to play in the background. And this, that was scary. As if on cue. And there are soft sounds of groaning. Okay. At 1.29 a.m., the male says, I don't like getting beaten up. 
At 1.36 a.m., the argument begins when the female says she's leaving and can't find her iPhone. She says, are you going to fucking untie me? Because I will fucking destroy your jaw. Oh my god! <laughs> and then Vince unlocked the door and scared the ever-loving sh- cannibal episode. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing happened when you were talking about cannibals. Hi, baby. <laughs> oh man, Elvis. <laughs> Vince April. Um. Okay, you're gonna untie me. Blah blah blah. So at one thirty-eight, the man says. I should have never given you so much to drink. I thought we were going to have fun. And then he asks her to calm down. At 1.41 a.m., the man asks the female to stay, but says, you're just a bit violent. He offers to cook some food, and the conversation calms down. Oh, no. At 1.53 a.m., drinks are, more drinks are poured. Stop drinking, you guys. Yeah, what? You already decided the drinking's bad. Yeah. At 2 a.m., the occupant of the apartment below is woken up by the noise. Uh, at 2.10 a.m., the audio recording in the audio recording, the male tells the female to ro- relax and threatens to kick her arse <laughs> ass mm-hmm. at two eleven AM. There's sounds of a struggle. A minute later, the sounds of rocks possibly being thrown in the apartment is heard at two fourteen. The man says, that's enough. You've worn out your welcome. You have to leave the female out of breath says, okay, at two fifteen a.m., the man says, "I thought you were kidding, and I have taken enough. This is fucking bullshit. You're lucky I haven't chucked you off my balcony, you goddamn psycho little bitch." At two sixteen a.m., the female, who is breathing heavily, accuses him of being a sexist, and then says, "Lay off." To which the male replies, "Seriously, what?" At two seventeen a.m., the man says, "You're a goddamn psycho. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to walk you out of this apartment just the way you are. You are not going to collect any of your belongings. You are just going to walk out, and I'm going to slam the door on you. Do you understand? If you try and pull anything, I'll knock you out. Do you understand?" The female. The female says, "I'm so sorry. I don't care." Okay. So the fall. At 2.17 a.m., sounds of struggling and heavy breathing are heard. The man says, let go of it. Let go. Let go. Let go. At 2.18, the first choking sounds are heard. Breathing slows. Male. Let it go. Sounds of a metallic object dropping is heard. At 2.20 a.m., the door, a door unlocks and the female states, no. The sound of glass, of a glass door possibly being hit. 2.20, the man says, who the fuck do you think you are, hey? The female says, no, 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 no. The male says, you tried to kill me, huh? Well, why did you try and hit me with that? Shut your filthy mouth. The female. I'm not going to scream. Screams no. But she's screaming. No, 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 no. The man says, it's all on recording. You know, it's all being recorded. The female want more no's. Just let me go home. <laughs> the male says, I would, but you've been a bad girl. And then the sounds are heard of a door slamming shut. A police at this point allege that, um, he left her out on the balcony, missed right on the balcony. The female says, just let me go home. Just let me go home. At 2.21 a.m., a female's final words are heard. Just let me go home. Faint screaming is heard. You look, you're looking at me like I'm going to. It's horrible. Okay, so put that down. Okay. Right. So, the occupant in the apartment below his, here's a female repeatedly shouting no, and then sees two legs dangling down. <sighs> so, what's going on right now is either... She's crazy and drunk and jumping, or she's terrified of this person and trying to get to the balcony below. Yeah. 
so the the witness says in a matter of seconds I saw the person fall from the balcony above mine. Ugh. At two twenty one, a call is placed from Gable's phone to his lawyer. The call doesn't connect. At two twenty three, a triple O, which I'm guessing is nine one one, call is placed by the woman in the apartment below. Police arrive at the scene, um, and at the same time, the fob key to his apartment is activated. Closed caption cameras capture a male believed to be Gable approaching the front entrance of the apartment, and he walks back to the elevator and rides it to the basement. At 2.29, sounds of walking are heard in the audio recording, which is still going from earlier in the night. So he has the phone or whatever he's using to record what's with going him on with him. Or in the apartment. With him. With him. He's like in the in the. So sorry, garage. he's recording this entire evening? He's recording the whole thing. And people said he might have done it because he was like a creepy pervert and like to record these things. Or he took home a lot of women and this is a way to like assure that nothing... Oh, you know, just to have it if they go Which, crazy or if, yeah, mm-hmm. either way, it's sketchy. Yeah. At 3 10 a.m., he orders a pizza. What? Yeah. He says, um, a pizza of pizza supreme, please. He <laughs> orders a fucking slice of pizza. At 3 23 a.m., a call is placed to his father. He says, hello, dad. I might have gotten a bit of a situation. I went, I met a girl for a date. She started getting aggressive. Um, we kept drinking and I think she thought it was like a joke and she kept like beating me up because she was really drunk and I forced her out on the balcony and I think she might have jumped off. And the dad says, Oh no. Um, uh, are you okay? Yeah. So there's a million cops booking, walking around and fucked up. I don't know what to do the, um, he says, I don't know. I like, I tackled her on my floor inside the building and I never forced her over the edge. Ooh. So the dad picks him up and, uh, eventually he's arrested. And, uh, so yeah. So he's claiming he's innocent. She jumped. He has nothing to do with it. He didn't push her over the edge. It's not murder. He's, um, he's set for trial on August, on October 13th, 2016. But he's free right now. He's out on bond. And he he can't stop talking. He's posting shit on like bodybuilders.com. Oh no. He's just, he doesn't understand why people are blind. He, he has to be somewhat narcissistic. Yeah. Oh, you mean like he needs to say his, what his yeah. side of it is? Yeah, but he's also saying things about how many women he's been with and he's never hurt them. So he's like bragging about that, how nice his apartment was. Um, how well he does saying it's a witch hunt. Um, but they, but prosecutors think he could be convicted for murder because she was reportedly in fear of her life and was trying to flee him to the apartment Who says below. That? The, those neighbors? The prosecutors say that. Oh, okay. And I'm really interested. I really like, not like, but I'm really interested in murder by suicide. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting. Like there's that one case of, there was the the uh, road rage incident on a bridge in Detroit, and this man was coming at the woman who had rear-ended him, and she jumped off the bridge to get away from him. Yeah, that's that was actually a very famous, like one of the earliest law and orders. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, and he was convicted of murder, or maybe manslaughter. Because she just didn't know where else to go? Yeah. It was just like trying to get away? Yeah. But also... It was, 
the idea of recording an entire evening just to be sure in and of itself is suspicious to me. Maybe like, what do you need to be sure of that you have been in a position where this has been a problem for you? Or maybe she just already was being a little crazy. Oh, so he started the recording. Yeah. Not to, I'm not victim blaming. They were clearly very drunk. Well, maybe, maybe he liked to record his, his sex. Sex. But, but yeah, you're right. I mean, like she, the things that she's doing don't make a lot of sense. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not like it's, uh, doesn't seem like she's the only victim at the beginning. Yeah. It's not from what he's <clears throat> saying, but here's the thing. He's the only one who knows it's being recorded. So what he's saying about her attacking him yes. is very specific. And someone on like a Reddit said, or maybe on the Facebook page said, uh, when my boyfriend was beating me up, he'd say, he'd yell, stop it. What are you doing to me? Why are you doing this? To like get the neighbors to think that she was doing something to him yeah. or just to fuck with her in her mind. So it could be that. It could just be. And what it sounds like happened from when I read the transcript, which I fucking stayed up all night reading it. It was like, it's so crazy. Is, um, you know, they were having rough sex. Maybe she wasn't completely coherent. She comes to and is freaked out by it and is trying to get out, but doesn't know how. And he's telling her to calm down because he tells her to calm down a couple times. Right. I think at one point she realized what was happening and picks something up to throw at him. And he gets so angry at that. Because you can hear him say, like, you've been a bad girl. She's trying to defend herself. He He's like, I'm going to have to lock you out on the balcony to like to, to um, protect myself. But she the whole time she's been the victim and she's freaking the fuck out. Ugh. And she's drunk and fucked up. And so she thinks the best option is to go over the side of the edge and get to the balcony below, which... Yeah, that's like something from a movie. It's like, uh, it, yeah, it only works when stunt men do it. Yeah, anyone in their right mind would never try that. And so she clearly wasn't in her right mind. And is there proof that we know that she, if she drank, like, yeah, I know people who are almost like allergic to alcohol where yeah. they have one drink and they're just like legless and out of their minds. No, I don't know. I don't it's know not her, like that. I don't know what her blood alcohol level was. I don't know if they tested her for drugs. Maybe they're keeping all of that for the trial. Yeah. It sounds like that's the story he's trying to push though, yeah. with this recording. Yeah. Is like, you've gone crazy. But he's feeding her alcohol too. Yeah. So even if it's like, well, look how drunk she was. I mean, his own recording is, is gonna, is gonna be the thing that convicts him, I feel like. Well, it's super weird to, I can't imagine if something terrible happened at my house, like hor- horrifying like a person committed suicide, I wouldn't be ordering pizza an hour later. No. I mean, I wonder if he was so fucked up and didn't know what was going on, it would be almost be like he would go lay down or something or go hide or, you know, like, I don't think, but also if you, I mean, this also, it just immediately makes me think of the night of, because the night of presents you the story where you completely, I haven't watched the I have only watched the first episode. Oh, okay. Don't but I mean, in just yeah. in general, you empathize with the person that they put in front of you right. because that's the story you're getting, right? which is what happens a lot of the time is, is whoever gets a hold of that narrative. Yeah. Then you go, oh yeah, yeah. No, he would never do that. He's so nice or whatever story. Yeah. And what people present you. And then the what? Media. And then the shit that they talk about the other person. Yeah, 
So in a way, not to defend him, I no, I have no idea what's going on yeah. in this one. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense then that if he's kind of out on his own, he's trying to control the narrative by t- tweeting things and posting shit on bodybuilders.com or whatever you said. I mean, yeah. like then he's, that's a person that's just scrambling and making mistakes. Yeah. The, I feel like the, the harder you try to defend yourself on social media, the worse you seem and the more people can pick it apart. Yes, for sure. Because I mean, you know, web sleuths have got, have gotten a hold of this. The website web sleuths have gotten a hold of this and are like picking it apart. And they think there's been some comments by by fake accounts he's made oh. that just know too much about the details. The details. Oh shit! Yeah, it's like he—he's his own worst fucking enemy. Well, and also he's—he's he's paying a lot of attention to this, the process of this, right? Which is very strange. Yeah, it's going to be a hard one. I feel like it's going to be a hard one. So sorry, for did this just happened days ago, twenty fourteen. Oh, oh, okay. But he's being, I, 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 you know, it's Australia, so I don't know. I feel like he's being indicted, or there's going to be a trial to, to indict him on the, on uh, in October. Oh, okay. Wow. From what I can tell from Australian legal ease, <sighs> isn't that fucked up? Yeah. I, this poor, the poor girl. But this whole situation, guys, don't meet strangers on Tinder. Not. Oh man, I'm gonna get in trouble for slut shaming. Oh, it's not slut shaming. But it's so crazy that people just like. That's just people. dating, though. Yeah, but I mean, like, how about the girl, that girl in Santa Monica that knew the guy for a year yeah. and roofied her drink? Totally. I mean, bad things happen to people. It just happens. Yeah, you're right. But this seems weird because you're. The idea that a person is recording an entire evening and their foreknowledge of that recording and not telling the other person. That's there's a manipulation on the surface of that yeah, that's suspicious for sure. And to me, it's suspicious to say I record this because in, just in case something happens and I need to defend myself. Or it's like, but that's not an accurate defense because we can't see what's actually happening. It's just your playlist. It's also weird at the very end when he's like, "I'm I've been recording it." Like he uses it to throw it in her face somehow, almost like. You can't prove anything? Yeah, you can't prove anything or... Like, why would he use that against her if he... You know, if nothing had happened that he could call the cops for or press charges for. Well, also, he never called the cops, right? No, and he didn't let her go either. Like, at one point, she was like, I'm getting my shit and I'm leaving. Where's my phone? And he, like, stopped her from leaving. Yeah. So, she was freaked out and wanted to leave, too. Both of them... You know, if you had a person, this just we'll throw this out there. If you had a person in your house, you met on a Tinder date, so you don't know them. You guys are drinking. They get a little crazy. You're you're the guy. So they it's a girl that tries to beat you up. So it's like painful, irritating, not. Yeah, not life threatening. When they want to go, what would be the why? Why would you keep them there? Yeah. Like this is a a crazy, if you're keeping a crazy person in your apartment, quote unquote, so crazy. Yeah. That, you know, you're making more problems. Yeah. Like when, if they, you just go, yeah, get out. What are you trying to get out of the situation? If you want to keep the person who's crazy and abusive toward you. Yeah. Around there, you're getting something out of it or it's not as it seems. Right. Well, there's that thing about option that I mean, abusive people, you know, it's the gaslighting technique where abusive people are like, why are you being so crazy? Like, this isn't that big of a deal. Right. 
and and the people who that works on it it works very well well and also you would get violent if you were like say tied up against your will or woke up whatever this scenario was where you would try your best to like what are what are the rocks that got thrown indoors like what's that i wonder if i mean i wonder if she was just almost incapacitated almost incoherent you know what i mean where it's like you're not yet you're just like you're aware that you're in a situation that's not good because she's not forming complete sentences most of the time. Yeah. She's just saying she's little reacting. things. She's reacting. Right. That's right. Hmm. That's crazy. I know. And then you have to assume she was naked on the balcony, too. Oh, really? I think so. She's definitely barefoot, but I don't. I'm not sure if she's naked. Oh, okay. I should have checked that out. I didn't, I didn't think of that. Facts and things. <laughs> well... Yeah. That's wow. fucked up, right? Yeah. I've been thinking about that one for a lot, for a long time. Are you okay? I mean, no, no, no. Just those ones just make me keep on thinking about it. I know. The idea of recording an evening <laughs> is super insane to me. Yeah. And also just like this weird day and age that we live in where like you could be recorded at any time. Yeah. Like right now. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Wait, what are these microphones doing <laughs> in our faces? <laughs> Should we do a hometown murder? Yeah. Um, should we do... Should I read one? Will you open that door? Oh, my God. Because you're sweating. It's... Yeah, I'm dying. Okay. Just... I mean, and then just whatever noises we get, we get. Okay. I'm going to... Should I play Matt McCarthy's voicemail? Yes. Okay. So, our friend Matt McCarthy, of course, from uh, the We Watch Wrestling podcast, that just so happens we had a cameo earlier by Vince April, my <laughs> husband, who's also from that podcast... Um, sent us his finally sent us his hometown murder. He's been telling me he's going to do it for fucking ever, and he did it. And I haven't listened to it yet, so I'm excited. Okay, awesome. Um, really quickly, we watch wrestling podcast is doing two live shows. I'm going to plug them. Do it. One is in LA on the 19th of August, and on the 26th of August, they're going to be in New York City. Live podcast, comedy, and special guests. Go to brownpapertickets.com. Where are they in New York City? Do you know? Vince. White Hotel. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> and they're at the Copper Still in Los Angeles. So go to that. Oh, right. Cool. All right. So Matt McCarthy, let's hear what he has to say. Hold on. Okay, ready? Yes. Well, hello there. It's your old pal, Matt McCarthy, <laughs> from the We Watch Wrestling Podcast, here to tell you about my hometown murder. Oh. I am from... Also from the famous Halloween party that introduced both of you. So, uh, listeners, I'm the reason that the show exists. Anyway. (laughs) Um, Anyone from Rhode Island, I'm from Rhode Island, knows the name Craig Price. He's the most notorious serial killer from Rhode Island, also known as the Warwick Slasher. Um, In July 1987... Craig Price was smoking pot. He broke into his neighbor's house. She, the woman was two doors down. She was moving. There were boxes everywhere. She didn't even have a bed anymore. She's just asleep in her living room watching VH1. Uh, he goes in. He looks at her. He stands over her. He said that he, with every fiber of his being, he wanted nothing more than to kill. He goes into the kitchen, finds a knife. He stands over her again, sits down in her chair, watches her sleep, and he's standing over her with a knife. He stabs her 58 times. Ugh. She had the point of the knife stuck in her shoulder. Uh, and he said that Let's Dance by David Bowie was on VH1 at the time. Yes. Uh, he was 13 years old. Oh, my. Chris was 13 when this happened. 13? Two years later. 
and they had no idea who did it. Two years later, uh, he breaks into another neighbor's house, murders the entire family. Uh, the mom, 39, stabs her 11 times. With knives she literally bought that day. Oh. Uh, killed the 10-year-old girl, uh, stabbed her, uh, what, 62 times? 62 times stabbed her. Three, three inches of the knife broke off the handle and poor girl's neck. Oh. Uh, the eight-year-old, he stabbed her seven times and crushed her skull. No, Matt. Uh, also during the attack, one of the girls bit him, so he bit her face, then he bit the mother's face, uh, and then they eventually caught him because he cut his hand open uh, while he was stabbing them. And then for like years after this, it was the state of Rhode Island trying to keep him in prison because he was a minor. They caught him when he was 15, which meant by law he would get out of jail as soon as he turned 21. Oh, he shit. He was a juvenile. So then uh, he's still in jail now. He's supposed to get out in 2020. We'll see what happens. He's now four. Uh, he'll be 46 when he gets out. And I hear uh, he likes um, girls with dark hair named George and Karen. <laughs> 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 oh no you think he'll Holy get out shit. i don't think he'll get out no oh my god that's the rhode island of all places 13 that's so crazy that's really young to stab somebody a ton of times he had to be so mentally ill yeah that's horrifying good one matt Thanks, Matt McCarthy from Matt We McCarthy, Watch Wrestling Podcast. Hilarious stand-up comedian as well as podcaster. Super hilarious stand-up comedian who just took claim for us meeting, by the way. Oh, did he? Yeah, that's what he said in the beginning that in the beginning when we're talking in the beginning of this podcast when we're talking about talking about murder at a Halloween party. That's right. Matt's party. It was his party. Genesis. Yep. There it is. Maybe Genesis was playing. Maybe, Maybe it- David Bowie's <laughs> Let's Dance was playing. There's a very good chance. Oh, my God. Uh, wow, that was an intense episode. <laughs> yeah, dude. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of, we found out that um, one of the ways that we get up on the charts on iTunes is when you guys leave comments, specifically. So I'm going to fucking shill some shit and ask that if you like this podcast or don't like this podcast, either way... <laughs> Can you leave us a comment on iTunes? Rate, review, subscribe. Karen, you look sad. I'm not. I'm really hot. <laughs> okay. And I'm, just, I'm a little bit tired. Okay, let's end this shit then. Um, but also, the, the people that have been rating and reviewing and subscribing has, have put us at the top of the charts week after week. It's yeah. insane. Thank you so much for doing that. It's, it's amazing. This podcast makes us want to cry. Yeah, we have a real good time. Yeah. And while we cry. Yeah. Oh. Elvis! Elvis is with Vince because Vince gives him all the cookies. Oh. Wait, hold on. All right. Well, Karen? Do you need to get your cat first? He'll come. Karen? Oh, stay sexy. Don't get murdered. Bye. Cookie?